When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com live show. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas on a Monday night. Our Anthony Broom is going to be out tonight, but we will carry the show here and take your Michigan football and basketball questions. we got a couple of random ones in the queue as well. If you want to ask a question, go ahead and get yourself in that live chat here on YouTube. You can also do a super chat that will get you right to the front of the line. We'll answer that as soon as possible. Uh, CB. How's it going? Good, man. Uh, it's raining like crazy here, which is good. We need yeah. rain. So there you have it. That's the, today's weather report. <laughs> As some people know, the loyal ones know, Chris was almost a meteorologist. Yeah. Right? Yes, I was. Yep. Uh, some days some days I wish I still was. So uh, <laughs> depends on the message board day. <laughs> Just kidding. I love, sure. it. I love this uh, job. So I trust his opinion when it comes to the weather. And, uh, yes, we did need some rain. Uh, make sure to like this video if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button on our channel as well. We just crossed the 22,000 subscriber mark, so thank you to everybody that has gone ahead and done that. You can always join us over at thewolverine.com for all of our coverage. Become a premium subscriber and uh, interact on our message board as well. We're over there 24-7. Um, we're brought to you tonight by Rogue Shop. Before we get into some of our questions, rogueshop.com. We want to talk about our pals Richard and Shar. They are craft cannabis farmers specializing in small batch sustainable plant medicine. Richard is a disabled combat veteran and his wife is a certified CBD consultant and life coach. They're out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They work to not only grow and manufacture, but also educate the population about THC-based medicines. If you're looking for products that can help diffuse stress and anxiety, soothe chronic pain and insomnia, uh, then Rogue Shop is the place for you. Their menu of products will be absolutely perfect. Uh, they also hop on live chats with you right on their website to consult you and, and help people that are new or they're just trying to you know find something different that'll work for them. Uh, so again, sleeping issues, chronic pain, and or anxiety and stress, they can help you out. Go to rogueshop.com, use the promo code THEWOLVERINE for 10% off. So thank you to Richard and Char for all your support over the last several months. Uh, again, get the questions in. In the live chat, we will get to those, and the super chats will be to the front of the line. But we do have some questions to start off from our subscribers over at thewolverine.com on our message board, The Fort. Um, and the first one is in regards to NIL from our good friend Jay Sherba, uh, who has been longtime loyal dude. Uh, he said, is the positive movement with Ward and Empower that Chris Ballas reported today an indicator of things to come for improved NIL efforts with basketball, or is this all still strongly football focused? Um, and then he's also wondering what's going to go on our grill on 4th of July weekend. We'll start with the first one. Uh, Jacob, it, right now it seems like Empower is just football uh, focused, but creating some waves. They were in Ann Arbor last night. They've been to Grand Rapids, Chicago, New York, and I believe they're in Washington, D.C. as we speak. But um, Chris, you had a great update today. You know, we're not going to give it all away, but uh, – you know, people can go check that out at the Wolverine.com, but your thoughts on, on this question. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? They need to do work in basketball. There's no question about it. And yeah. at the same time, you know, Jim Harbaugh is out there front and center uh, leading this thing for football. So you'd like to see Juwan Howard be maybe a little bit more um, proactive in that respect. Uh, and I'm not saying that uh, they've done enough to help him out because they have not. In fact, it's been, um, uh, I don't want to call it embarrassing, but really lacking in that respect in terms of the support that they're getting for NIL. And, you know, it does seem that Ward Manuel has changed his tune a little bit. Last week he came out and he said he's always been a proponent of NIL. I don't know that that's it's really true, <laughs> frankly. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying maybe not as stringent um, about it as he's being now. And, uh, you know, at least he's at this meeting in Ann Arbor saying, look, we need, we want you guys to help support it. You know, it doesn't seem like a competition for the money anymore, which is a good thing. So, uh, and it can't be if you're going to be successful. If you're going to go about it in this, uh, this way, then you're going to have to really be creative. And I think that's what they're doing with Empower. So, uh, but there, it is lacking in the other sports and it needs yeah. to pick up flat out. That's all there is to it. So it's disappointing. Um, you know what? I give Juwan Howard credit for the transfers that he has signed and the recruiting that he's done, despite not getting the help these last couple of years, but he needs more. For sure. And I'm not, you know, I, I agree. Basketball has to step it up and it's kind of an interesting situation because if you look at Juwan Howard, he's coming into next season with a lot of pressure on him, right? I mean, you don't miss the tournament two years in a row at Michigan. That, that just really isn't going to isn't gonna be something that you would think would fly uh, with this program, the way it was kind of rebuilt in the late, you know, 2000s there under John Beeline. But at the same time, you know, not excusing what happened last season or what has happened with some of the struggles throughout his tenure. He's also had some success, obviously. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like, hey, Jawan, you got to win, you know, if you're the administration. And Jawan can look right back at them and say, hey, I need to be supported here. This program, you know, and it's not that the administration is going to do everything, but how do you see that? Because now it feels like it's kind of more complicated when it comes to, I don't want to say hot seat, but just the way that, you know, we should view Jawan Howard's, you know, potential future here. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if you're not going to support him, then what are you going to do? Get rid of him and, and hire the next guy that you're setting up to fail? The next guy will have the same issues. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, uh, they needed they needed to really have a plan a couple of years ago, and we've said this many times, and they didn't, and now they're kind of scrambling and, and playing catch up, uh, and that's the disappointing part of all of this. And Juwan Howard made that perfectly clear last year when we talked to him in, in his first press conference of the season. He said, "All of us, we need to be better," and uh, you know, I think he's frustrated, and I think he has the right to be frustrated. So uh, there's only so much you can do, especially in basketball, which has always been. You know, all, all sports have had their seedier side of recruiting, but basketball is the worst. And I've covered basketball recruiting for 20-something years at thewolverine.com, and uh, it's worse than ever. So um, you've got to have the tools to succeed, and they have not had those. So I'm hoping that folks step up. Otherwise, your, your coaches are going to say, I don't need this, and they're going to go somewhere else or look somewhere else that gives them a better opportunity. So uh, if you want to succeed at the highest level, which I think Michigan does, you know, leaders invest and all that. And rather than just, okay, you know, here's our budget. And you know what, if we win, you know, 18 games and make the NIT or something like that, that's fine. Then you need to step it up. So we'll see what happens, but uh, I do feel for Juwan and hope uh, at the same time that he's learned some lessons from last year too. That, that was a team that definitely should have made the tournament and did not they had some issues with injuries and stuff like that but when you have two lottery picks hunter dickinson in the middle guys like that uh you should be playing in that field of 68. i agree 
and there's so much that goes into being the head of a, a program right now too. Um, what's going on your grill this weekend? Jacob Sherba wants to know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be out of town, man. I'm going to be at a boat. So on the 4th of July. So um, who yeah, knows? Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, I'm kind of dieting a little. You get the July, you know what? Maybe some strawberries and a banana or something like that. That's fair. So, yeah. You know, usually it's ribs, guys. Uh, big slab of ribs. And uh, yeah. And so uh, and, and God bless America. That's what I got to say. That's right. USA. We'll be doing uh, probably a couple different grill sessions, but burgers, brats, maybe some dogs, steak. I mean. You name it. This is America. We can do whatever we want. We throw whatever right. we want on the grill. America. Um, <laughs> that's right. So uh, thank you to Jacob Sherba, one of our top listeners uh, and viewers here on the Wolverine. Let's move over to CT Blue 72. He says, don't take the Phil Steele route. Who wins the Big Ten and why? And for the people who didn't see this, so Phil Steele, his preseason magazine uh, came out, I think, last week. Uh, basically, he's predicting the Big Ten. He has Michigan and Ohio State tied atop the Big Ten East. Uh, and then based on his rankings of Michigan finishing third in the country, he has Michigan winning the Big Ten. Um, I don't think it's a total cop-out because we've seen this play out. There's been, you know, divisions that, uh, you know, or two teams that have tied for that division. So last year divisions here uh, happened in 2021. Michigan-Ohio State tied. Michigan goes because of the tiebreaker. Happened in 2018. Ohio State goes to the Big Ten championship because of the tiebreaker. Spoiler, I do have Michigan winning the Big Ten. Uh, but I guess, you know uh, – CB, what do you think about that? Yeah, that was my prediction. I said it could be a three-way tie even, you know, and then you're going to have a tiebreaker. I yeah. think that I think Michigan could lose at Penn State. And I'm not, you know, as of now, that would be if they're going to lose a game, that's the one I predict. So uh, Ohio State's going to be tougher than people think. You know, it's hilarious to say that. You know, here we are two years removed from that's 2020. Famous. It that's sounds crazy. so weird. It yeah. does sound weird, but you know what? Um, I, I would agree with you. I, I have Michigan winning the Big Ten. I think they'll be favored to win the Big Ten. I think they'll beat Ohio State at home, and I think you'll have both of those schools with one loss. So that's the way I see it. And um, you know what? It's uh, the last year for this because you're going to have uh, no more of the East and West divisions, you're going to have, uh, the, you know, the flexes and the pods and all that stuff. And who knows what to expect in the future. So, uh, but winning three in a row would be quite the accomplishment and what a way to end this thing, right? That started with leaders and legends and is now East and West and going to whatever, then to go out with three in a row and prove that you are the big dog. So that you're the big man on the block. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen, but I don't see Michigan getting unscathed going through the schedule unscathed. That's awfully hard to do. And um, as much as I think they'll be favored to, to win in every game, it is extremely hard folks go back and look in history to, uh, to go through this, the uh, season undefeated. Definitely. Yeah. I could see that happening. It, and here's the thing too, that, you know, in, in Michigan has so much talent. We know what they have coming back. The expectations are super high. This would be the year where you got to pretty much live up to those expectations because I'm not going to say the game against Ohio State and, and some of those regular season games are going to mean less in the future, but you're going to 12 teams in the playoff. I mean, you make it, you know, you may win the national championship and not make the Big Ten championship game because right. of the competition that's going to be in this league. So if they could cap off this era of the Big Ten, this era of college football by making the playoff again, by winning the Big Ten again, I think it would put a a real stamp, you know, on things here in this era and position themselves incredibly well going into 2024 when so many things are going to be different in this sport. And we're already seeing so many changes, but 
with the format and the conference and expansion and everything like that. Um, I think I saw a super chat that calling Anthony a blowhard. Uh, must have been one of his buddies because everybody knows that Anthony's not yeah. a blowhard. Uh, I'm going to guess that uh, that's somebody with the last name that uh, Anthony knows. So <laughs> Anthony's for the two bucks. He's exactly. the best. AB is the, uh, amazing. Yep, yep. Thanks for the dollar ninety nine to uh, let us sing the praises of our teammate. Yep. Wouldn't rather work with uh, any other team than without, we do on a daily basis. For without sure. question. Love our team. Absolutely. The team, the team, the team. You got it. Uh, Tristan is wondering, is Donovan Edwards going to get more attempts in the backfield with Corum, or are they going to use him in the receiving game? This is something we talk about each and every week, it seems like. Tristan um, Bounds Tristan Bounds with the question? T-R-Y-S-T-O-N. Oh, okay. A different Tristan. Could he's be, trying, uh, he's, he's changing it up, you know. He's yeah. uh, trying to throw us and off. And is Tristan Bounds going to start at left tackle? He won. That is a no, but uh, he's improving. Uh, and read about that in your football preview. I talked to Sharon Moore about him, so he's got the length. Um, so uh, as for Donovan Edwards, uh, I think you're going to see him. You're, they're going to line him up at receiver some more. You're going to see some two-back sets, in my opinion, where they do some different things with them. And he's going to get his carries. Uh, listening to Jim Harbaugh talk, you know, I want to get 10 for the him and maybe nine for Donovan or 10 each and so on and so forth. It's not going to happen that way. If they're in a tight game, Blake Corum's going to carry the ball 20, 25 times at least. So that's just the way it is. You heard it here first. So, but Donovan Edwards is going to get his touches. He is a special athlete, as Jim Harbaugh always likes to say. And as Mike Hart has said a million times, he could start at slot receiver for just about any team in the country. So when you have talents like that, you have to have them on the field. These guys are both proven. They are home run hitters. And in this day and age, and especially against the teams like the Georgias and the Alabamas that they'll be playing in the playoff, then you're going to need guys like that. So that's my opinion on it. Uh, I, I strongly believe that. Yeah, I think they're going to move around. I think we'll see him in the slot. I think we'll see him on the field together at times. I was thinking about this last week and, you know, just to myself uh, as just somebody who has the sickness of, of basically thinking about Michigan and college football all the time. <laughs> and I was just thinking, you know, I think Blake's going to be healthy. I think he's going to have a fantastic season, but I'm excited to see one, him come back, but two, how much better Donovan Edwards is going to get. I mean, think of the leaps Blake Corum has made. Think of how much better Donovan Edwards has gotten under Mike Hart's tutelage. He could take a huge leap this season. He got some much-needed experience as a ball carrier at the end of last season. But what if he overtakes that, that starting uh, running back job? I'm not predicting that. I think Blake Corum's going to be your bell cow. But a kid this talented, you know, the sky's kind of the limit. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, beginning of the season, I think it's a little more predictable. Again, I'm not predicting this, but just how it's going to go with, with how you piece things together the rest of the way, it'll probably depend on the week. Um, but it's just going to be something to watch. I think they got two in incredibly talented guys back there. And I do um, want to say what I love yeah. most about it is the brotherhood between them. I actually yeah. got a DM. I got a DM from Donovan last week when I wrote an article about some of the things that Blake had told us in, for an exclusive uh, for the Wolverine when he was saying, uh, you know, what you're talking about his relationship. And Donovan wanted to read it because Donovan had great things to say about Blake. And all Blake was talking about was how, how happy he was for Donovan in that Ohio State game. As much as it hurt him that he couldn't play, to watch Donovan Edwards, he goes, I see the work he puts in. Uh, that's my brother. I love him so much. And, uh, you know, Donovan read it and he's like, so that's the bond between these guys. Uh, you love it, man. And uh, I think that's one of the, it got the ability to be one of the top running back duos in Michigan history. I think it's already, I think I already had him as top five in the last 40 years uh, in the, in the football preview. You guys can read about that as well. Clay will give us a, uh, 
a shout out here and how to how to order that magazine here pretty soon. But um, love love the chemistry and the, and the dynamic between these two guys. That fires me up right there. And our yeah. our Anthony Broom speaking to him too. Talked to and we'll get to Tim Super Chat just a second. He talked to Donovan a few weeks ago up in Traverse City, uh, and they were asking about hey, you know, because Donovan when I talked to him in January, he said yeah, there's some pros and cons to Blake coming back. You know, he's he's not going to get as many carries potentially, but he loves him and he wants to play next to him and win another championship with him. Uh, but his tune was a little bit different this summer, saying let's just win. Who cares? Yeah. You know, let's just yeah. win, and, and that's kind of the mentality of these guys. And um, let's get to Tim's super chat. Five bucks, uh, and this is Tim Cornier. Uh, Cornier. Cornier, and I, I hope I pronounced – yeah, well, th- hopefully that's right. You've and met him. You've met him, by the way. Tim – no, I know. Tim, yes. correct me if I'm wrong, is Jake Moody's godfather. Correct. Um, so, and he says, happy pre-fourth. Right back at you, Tim. Hopefully you'll be a 49ers fan this year. I will. Keep up the great work, guys. Tim, I'm going to be rooting for him. I, I already kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for them. I just like the way they play, and I like some of their players, Debo Samuel, all those guys. But now that there's Jake Moody, who's probably going to be their starting kicker, and Ronnie Bell on that team, I'm all in. I'm Absolutely. all in. Other than the Lions. Other than the Lions. Who probably won't Brady's make the gone. Brady's yeah. gone. Yeah. Other, because the Lions won't make the playoffs anyway. I know everybody thinks they're going to make the playoffs. They'll go seven and what? Seven and eight, eight, seven and ten. Whatever, how many games they play or – you know, they'll win just enough games to, you know, be in the middle there anyway. But Tim, uh, I've said this so many times, man, Jake Moody is one of the the best kids I have ever covered his family. Fantastic. Uh, we got to have a couple drinks with uh, Tim and, and the Moody's in Indianapolis. And that was one of the highlights of my 20 some years at the Wolverine uh, is getting to know these people and uh, love Jake Moody. And uh, I can't wait to watch him. Um, you know, he's going to be a 20 year guy there. You know, it's going to, it's going to be like a Jason Hansen type for them. There's no question. It's funny because my next door neighbor is a Niners fan. He goes, what are we doing? Taking a kicker in the, in the third round, second, you know, in the second round, second, third round, it's third round. Third, yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. And I said, buddy, this is not any ordinary kicker. And uh, so he was pretty excited when I explained to him exactly what they were getting. So uh, love the Moody's love Jake. Can't wait to see how well he does out there. Yeah, I was passing by Northville going to the airport last weekend. The Northville kid, that's Jake Moody. I, I'm, you know, I'm always going to think of him every time passing by on the highway there. Um, and hanging out with the Moody's and Tim, absolutely fantastic. We were sitting on a red couch. It felt like we were in Goodfellas. I think we've said that before. It did. But... Yeah, it was crazy. It's like, yeah, uh, hey, I, I was telling a joke. Yeah, we were going to see caucus, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was great, though. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, last thing about Jake, is yeah. I've never seen a guy so humble be so iced cold and cold blooded on the football field, man, as him when he's out there. It's like, you know, nothing phases this guy. So uh, they did a great job raising him. Um, so uh, I'm going to give the Godfather there a little bit of credit, too. Of course. He deserves it. Thank you, Tim, for chiming in. Uh, hope to see you soon. Let's uh, take another one from the fort, our message board over there. What are your thought regarding the cor- What are your thoughts regarding the cornerback two position? Do you mm. think Josh Wallace, UMass transfer, fills this role game one, or do you think an underclassman will secure the role in fall camp? That's from MGO Lou. It's hard to say because I want to see how Josh does it against this competition, this level of competition. Yeah. Some guys do it better than others. Remember Mike Smith compared to Devontae Jones on the basketball side? You know, you just don't know until you see him, and we will know more in the fall uh, when he goes up against some of these outstanding receivers that Michigan has. I'm not sold on Amorian Walker yet there at that position. I said that today on the 
on the fort. A lot of people, you know, are like, oh, geez, you know. But here's the thing. Steve Klinkscale is an elite developer of talent and knows what he's doing back there. That is really not a huge concern, in my opinion, because he's going to develop somebody and they are going to be ready and he won't make any excuses. Uh, there are guys here like Jamon Green that a lot of people didn't think would play meaningful snaps here. And uh, and he got better and better uh, as he as he progressed through his career with the coaching that he got. So um, I do think Jair Hill is a future stud. I really do. I think Cameron Calhoun's going to be good in time. Um, you know what? I think Jaden McBurrows has, a, has an opportunity to start in game one. And in fact, he might be my pick to do that. But I think uh, all those other guys that we've just spoken about are going to get that opportunity. And um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think Wallace will get his, his shot. And uh, I'm with you, Go Blue 81. I think Hill, man, there's something about him when you watch him uh, in that spring game and just the confidence that he plays with as a true freshman. But he's also, he's got, man, he's just got a, uh, there's a little swagger about him that, uh, that you can just see. Uh, I really like him. I agree. And I've been on record, I think, game one, my money would be on Josh Wallace, but you're right. You just don't know. And I think that's a great comparison on the basketball side. And another name that comes to mind for me is Wayne Lyons, kid from Stanford, Harbaugh's right. first season. It was a big yeah. pickup, at least from my view, when, when they picked him up. You know, right. he played in, I'm looking at his bio right now. He played in two games as a corner. Uh, he played in all 13 on special teams. And fine, you know, he, he contributed. Um, I do remember him on one play that I don't think so fondly. Uh, yeah, of. let's not talk about that one. But so it could it could go like that or you know he could be an impact guy um right i like the like his length i like his athleticism he's probably underrated there mm -hmm. he's a really good basketball player you can kind of see that come out on his film but it'll be interesting and totally agree on jair hill um really excited about his future whether that's game one game six you know game 20 uh, you know at some point during his career i think he's going to be really really good um, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's see. We somebody said somebody said two year captain at Massachusetts. It's no. It's a no brainer. It's going to happen. It doesn't work that way. You know, lots of nice guys are captains too, and it doesn't uh, doesn't necessarily translate. So it's all about the level of competition and what you do in the big house. So uh, it, it absolutely is a debate. R.I.P. It is a debate. It is a debate. And he was actually a three-year captain, too. I will Wow. Which no is kidding. insane. So maybe it's different. I don't know. Maybe. Um, let's go to Otis Johnson Jr. Do you think Michigan stays <laughs> hungry this year? Attitude is 70% of the game. It's funny because there's not much concern on that front. I think part of that, uh, one, is just the culture they've built. They understand what you know the kind of work they have to put in. Guys like Blake Corum, 
I was watching the speech he gave to his campers back home. Uh, he held a youth camp this summer, and he was pretty stern, being like, "You you gotta touch every line." Um, you know, he's like, "I hate people that are complacent, uh, that don't work hard." So I don't think guys like Blake and guys like Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter and Mike Sainer still, and you could go on and on and on, are going to allow complacency to seep in. Now you never know, and and when the fall comes, they got to get it done. Um, but I'm not too worried about that. And I'll say this too. The TCU game comes up in about every conversation you have. They accomplished so much last year, 13 wins for the first time in program history, but they're not satisfied because of how it ended. Yeah, zero concern. Uh, there's no question that they're hungry, and it's because the Big Ten title isn't enough for these guys anymore. Uh, there's a reason that they came back on that one-year one-more-year campaign, and it wasn't to uh, just win the Big Ten. They want to win the national championships. So, and they understand to do that, they have to go through Penn State. They have to go through Ohio State. And this group of leaders, Otis, is special. Uh, we've seen groups here that have had great leadership. We've seen groups here that have not had great leadership. This team is among the best uh, that I that I think uh, I, I wrote. There are probably eight, nine guys that could be a captain on this team, and that is unbelievable. Uh, in this right. era. And so, and they all share the same goal. And we were just, what we were just talking about with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, not worrying about who gets the credit. They don't. JJ McCarthy could sit there and complain about you know, how much he doesn't get to throw the ball. Uh, all he wants to do is win. And when you have a group of guys like that, it's pretty special. And uh, there's no question in my mind that these guys are, are even hungrier than they were the last couple of years. I agree. I agree. And yeah, the amount of guys that have come back, uh, I don't think they're going to let that seep in. Um, let's go to CWP on the fort. He's My man. Great. Dude. I, love, I love CWP. Great poster. Uh, I do not know him personally, but. Uh, I know that he's got a relative that played at Michigan uh, okay. at a high nice. level. I'm not going to give it away, but. Uh, nice. But uh, you know what? The guys that have stayed with us for 10, 20 years like these guys have are, are MVPs, man. No doubt. I uh, love seeing his pulse. He wonders how many linemen, both sides of the ball, on this 2023 team wind up playing in the NFL for multiple years, mm. parentheses, more than one, so two or more. If you had to put a $100 bet in Vegas down at even odds for each player, mm. who is the money going on? Name them. He says no could or mites. So just get that out of your vocabulary right now. All right. Okay, so who's definitely going to be in the pros? Man. Um, I guess so. Here's the crazy thing. It's it goes beyond the starters. Uh, you know, if you look at guys like Ladarius Henderson is going to be a pro. Um, there's no question in my mind. Uh, I think Miles Hinton will be, you know, and these are guys that are vying to start, you know, that, that aren't even guaranteed starting positions, which is crazy to me. So uh, no mites. This is the interesting part because Zach Zinter will be a, a no mite guy. There's no question about it. He will play on the interior at the next level and play for a long, long time. Trevor Keegan. Uh, is a half a notch below, uh, but he will play in the pros for, for several years. There's no question in my mind. Uh, I think Drake Nugent, but here's the thing. I haven't seen him play at Michigan. It's it's harder to project with those guys. You know, I said Ladarius will, Miles Hinton, I think, will, based on their stature alone and what I've seen them do. Drake Nugent is doesn't have that huge body, but he's such a smart guy. David Moak played in the NFL for a few years. Remember two, three years at, yeah. you know, as small as he was. And people said all his small arms, his T-Rex arms or whatever, you know what he, uh, he did some things there. So I think he will, you know, no might, I, I can't say that because I just haven't seen enough of him. Um, 
Gentry will be a pro. You know what? Sharon Moore agrees with you, account 22, and he says it's only a matter of time before he starts here. You're starting to see him get his body back. I'm going to be doing an article with him tomorrow, as a matter of fact, so look for that. Uh, we did an exclusive with him in Cleveland from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum, and this kid is special, and you're starting to see him get – after a two-year mission, it takes time to come back. You know, There's a little bit of a difference between working out with rubber bands you know, in, in a mission hall or on the road in a hotel room um and doing sit-ups and push-ups then you know getting in there working with ben herbert michigan strength coach but i think you're probably right about that so on the defensive line mason graham's a pro i said last year he was the best true defense michigan defensive tackle true freshman that i'd ever seen uh no there's no close second frankly the way he played like a veteran out there so chris jenkins is going to be a pro um, I see him having a Josh Williams type career going back to 1997. Um, you know, he played a lot of years in the pros. So uh, he's talking about linemen only here. Uh, Go Blue 81, I believe. So yeah, otherwise we'd be uh, listing half the roster. Exactly. We'd be here forever. So um, those are the guys right now. Uh, I, you know, I think Ray Sean Benny, uh, you know, I want to see more of him. And, and Kenneth Grant is on his size. And you know what they said? You know, once he starts to learn how to play with a little more leverage and technique and he's really getting it. So those are the guys off the top of my head. And I'm sure there are some rush ends guys, you know, that are going to be in there yeah. too. Yeah. I'd add in Derek Moore. Yes. Um, Derek Moore. One day. I mean, I could, it, we'll see like guys like Jalen Harold, Braden McGregor. These are a big last year or two for them in terms of mm -hmm. what their pro potential is going to be. I mean, Josiah Stewart, the way he flies around, I would think yeah. he's in the NFL. There's a, there's a spot point. for him. There's a spot right. for him. Absolutely. Right. Yep. He's a football player, as they yeah. would call him. As, um, as Jim Harbaugh would say. Yeah. And uh, I'll add a guy on the offensive line, too, that I'm sure you just missed is G.O.L. Hottie. Uh, oh, absolutely. Well one day. 100%. Yes, um, I will go 100% with him. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the more underrated guys on this roster. For sure. And he may not get to start. That's crazy. Until he's a senior at Michigan. And he was one of the guys that everybody's been raving about. One of the young guys. Now he's a junior. Yep. which is insane that that class is a jun is juniors yeah. um, that, you know, that everyone was raving about for two seasons, guys come back ahead of him at guard, but he's going to be well-prepared once that fourth year comes. And, you know, if he has a fifth year or whatever, but uh, I think those are the guys that could or might make the pro. <laughs> which you just said not to say, <laughs> sorry, sorry, CWP. We suck. All right. Um, and we will take a quick break to, direct people to where to buy the Michigan football preview magazine as CB requested a few minutes ago, head to the Wolverine on demand.com. We have finished that thing up. It is at the printer and it will be shipping next week, right? Either right before or right after the 4th of July, depending on when they get it out. But people should start receiving that uh, potentially late next week, which I am extremely excited about uh, to get that thing in our hands. So you can subscribe to the magazine. You can also just get the, uh, Michigan Football Preview Magazine as well at the WolverineOnDemand.com. Uh, once it's in stores, it'll be in the M Den. You'll be able to order it from there. Uh, go get it at any of those locations as well. So uh, go and support that. We had a record number of pre-orders this year. Uh, a lot of people excited about this Michigan football team. Uh, let's take our next question. This one from FL Blue on the Fort, our message board at the Wolverine.com. Another great poster. Another great poster. He says, with the potential loss of talent uh, a lot of talent after this season a rather anemic 2023 recruiting class and a significantly harder schedule predict our 2024 football record that is way too hard to do 
they're going to be guys that go. They're going to be guys that stay. Uh, I, but I, I'll say this. I think there could be a drop-off. There might not be, though, with the transfer portal and with some of these young guys in that sophomore class particularly uh, that will still be here and leading this team. Uh, but it is going to be tougher with, with the schedule they have, you, uh, you know, going out to USC, having to host UCLA. Um, at the same time, you could finish number 10 or number 11, and you're in the playoff competing for a national championship. So there's, there's some good, some bad with the way things are going to change. And anemic is way too, you know, what is not 2023 recruiting was not anemic. Okay. Uh, it was maybe below standards for Michigan, but there are guys on there that are going to contribute. Uh, you know, what was, what was the class? Or was it the 18 or the 19 group that everybody was down on and had a 19, ton of, 19 yeah. and they had a ton of contributors. So let's just stop that crappy talk right there about uh, being, it being anemic with all due respect. Um, because there are a lot of guys from that class that are going to contribute. There are a lot of guys that are underrated. Frederick Moore is one that right off the top of my head that I can tell you was severely underrated and who's going to have a great career here. So, um, and you're right. We don't know. JJ McCarthy could come back on the one more year deal. You know, a lot of guys could. So, and waiting in the wings are guys that are going to be pros. Like we've said, um, you're still going to have a Will Johnson up there. You're still going to have a Jair Hill. You're still going to have, um, you know, guys coming up that are, are going to be, uh, are going to be all big 10 players. Kenneth Grant is just going to be coming into his own, you know, Mason Graham's still going to be here. I can, you want, you want a list? Let's go right down the line. Derek Moore is going to be back again, Colston Loveland. So, and then you've got an offensive line. You've got Miles Hinton coming back for another year. You've got, you know what, they're going to go to the portal. And then you've got Gio Ahadi. We were just talking about that. I've just named off about 10 guys that are probably going to be all big 10 players or have a great chance at it. So uh, they're going to be just fine. Uh, this is a program that is now in rebuild mode, not it, not or reload, reload mode, not rebuild mode. So uh, that's something we can talk about next year. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy could come back. Donovan Edwards right. doesn't plan to come back, but sometimes plans change. I'm not saying they're going to. I think he's going right. to be gone, but you just Same don't Blake know. Corum last year. Like Blake Corum last year. You know, who who knows? Yeah. Yeah. There was one day, he, you know, Daisy woke up and thought he was going to go and then decided right. to come back. So it's early for that, obviously. I uh, do appreciate the question. And uh, I I was mistaken. It was the 2020, or 2018 class. Right. Um, so that's my bad. Ranked 22nd in the country. At the Athletic last year did a re-ranking of the 2018 recruiting cycle. That class finished third in the nation. Um, they did include Shea Patterson as one of Michigan signees. Obviously, they got him two years later mm -hmm. in the transfer portal, but that almost speaks to our point as yes. well. Um, yep. One, don't count this 2023 class out. And two, the transfer portal is even more, you know, not easy, but... Uh, Michigan's you know, better at it than just about anybody. Let's right. be honest. And, and yeah. they have some, you know, things that they can't do in there too with admissions and everything else, uh, but they've navigated it really well. So I, I would have confidence in this staff and what they're able to do, um, even though, hey, you know, it's not going to last forever. You're not going to win the Big Ten every single year in a row. There could be a year where there's a drop off. I think that's a year you definitely point to as, as a possibility. Um, and we'll even see what happens this fall and how that impacts next fall. Uh, but but there you go. So many there coulds and mites in that one. That's uh, right. Definitely. Uh, blue is gold. Is that a Notre Dame fan? He says, uh, love the way Caden Cole is our hustle. So I don't think he's a Notre Dame fan. Is he back and healthy? Uh, I, I would believe so. Uh, I think so. I'm going to find out today. And now that you've said that, in fact, I will shoot off a text right now. 
and uh, when we're done here, and we'll get back to you on the message board. Blue is gold. So would much rather have blue is maze as your handle. I'll see if you can change that, but uh, <laughs> to avoid confusion, I'm teasing. But um, you know what? Uh, I love his hustle too. He was outstanding on special teams. Uh, I don't like him as a return man necessarily, but as one of those guys that's going to do everything else um, and help your team win. These are guys that you need on your team to help you win guys that are willing to give everything on special teams. And, uh, and he certainly fits the bill and his dad's a great guy. And was, he's, he's got a lot of his dad's characteristics. John Colasar who played in the eighties. Buckeye killer. Yeah. absolutely. Buckeye killer. One of the best ever. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, In Caden too, like sometimes we talk about and people ask us about who are the most underrated players on, on the Michigan team you know, names like Rayshon Benny and even Rod Moore. I know he's gotten more accolades lately, but, you know, come up. But then there's that kind of next tier of guys that you almost forget about, the holders. Caden Colzar, who has just carved out this niche for himself on special teams, has been so good at it. And that when they needed him to go back there, when they were still trying to figure out if A.J. Henning could catch the ball early on in the 2021 season after Ronnie Bell goes down, they put him back there. He was a little hesitant, but he didn't fumble the ball. He kept it off the turf. Uh, and then they needed to move him back to his position uh, as a cover guy on the punt team because he's so valuable there. So uh, there is a lot of value in some of those under the radar guys that we don't talk about as much. And, and Caden's one of them. He earned a scholarship in the past as well. So he's uh, he's a big piece of Michigan special teams the last few years being so successful. Um, Go Blue 81 on that note wonders, are we OK at punter this year? They are. Uh, I think Tommy Doman's going to be just fine. Now, if he had to handle both duties, kicking and punting, right. I'd be a little bit more concerned, but he will not have to, thanks to James Turner coming in and maybe Adam Samaha is a true freshman, James Turner being the transfer from Louisville. So, and so we'll see what happens there. But Doman will not have to kick field goals, and that's not really his preference anyway. I think Doman's going to be an outstanding punter. Uh, and let's not forget, Brad Robbins didn't have his best year. You know, uh, he really he didn't. I, I'm no really I'm thrilled for him that he got drafted. And I think he's going to have a great career because I know how good he can be. Uh, so but I think Doman's going to have a fantastic career as a punter. And speaking with Moody and speaking with Robbins and those guys, they think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, no, I think Doman will be just fine. And, uh, you know, it would have been tough to do all three kickoff, punt and place kicking. Uh, Kenny Allen did an outstanding job at juggling all three of those things in 2016, but even he has his moments where it's like, okay, we got a lot on this guy's plate. I remember the Wisconsin game when he missed two or three field goals. Uh, They end up winning that close, obviously, thanks in part to Jordan Lewis. But uh, I remember driving myself crazy during that game. It's like, geez, they keep getting (laughs) down and and not making these kicks. But um, Tommy Doman there. And then they did bring in also preferred walk-on transfer from Mississippi State, Hudson Hollenbeck who can provide some depth there uh, as the backup punter. So they did a really good job piecing that thing together really in the last couple months too, not just since the season ended. Um, When you lose that, you know, that much on special teams, you gotta, gotta plug some holes. Uh, We do have a super chat here. Um, Nick's on fire tonight. Yeah. Yeah, Nick is, uh, he says, we're going to pro NIL AD. I hope Santa flames ward. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I don't think that's going to happen, Nick. And uh, it does seem that uh, reluctantly, uh, Ward has reluctantly been pushed into more of a proactive role with NIL, which again is disappointing because you've got to be 
you've got to be proactive with that. Like a couple of years ago, we all knew this was coming. And I think that in my opinion, Ward's uh, opinion on the matter was, you know, this is either, you know, not going to be that big a deal or it's not going to make that big a difference or whatever. And uh, that certainly is not the case. And it's like Jim Harbaugh says, and Chris Partridge, I think, was the one that said it at one of the meetings. He said, you know, we're, we can't be blockbuster video. And there are some people that think that Michigan has been block is blockbuster video in a couple of sports. Look at softball, baseball. Um, you know, you look at basketball, sadly, you know, you it's, it's not about the now and it's, I give Ward Manuel a ton of credit for the Michigan athletic department, what it's accomplished, but the goal isn't to be good this year and then watch it tail off. You've got to progress to make sure that you're on top. And that is something that they have not done with NIL. And I don't care what anybody says about it. We know that to be a fact. So hopefully, hopefully this is a positive step in the right direction and we continue to see more and more positive from ward manual and the michigan ad in support of nil yeah it's funny we have this opinion although michigan just won 13 big 10 championships this last season so i don't think they're going to do that uh, no. at the same time you know just because like you said i mean there's success now but it, it doesn't mean there's not areas that need to improve within the athletic department as well uh we do have this super chat is a little more fun. Ohio State is completely trash. Three-peat loading. Uh, they are not trash. They've got a ton of <laughs> talent on that team and uh, probably more talent on paper if you look at the recruiting rankings and everything else than anybody in the Big Ten. I think Michigan's pretty close at this point, but if you talk about the top-level talent, Michigan's got some of that now. Okay, If, if you look at five stars, you know, um, Blake Corum's a five-star period. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Donovan Edwards is a five-star. I think Mason Graham's a five-star as an interior defensive lineman. I think that J.J. McCarthy is a borderline five-star, right? So, But Ohio State's got a lot of that talent, too. They've got better receivers, probably. So uh, they've got outstanding athletes on defense, even though their defensive coordinator didn't know how to use them last year very well, especially against Michigan. Um, probably, you know, lost them a chance to, to compete in that game <laughs> for me. I was going to, you can't say, you know, to win that game when you lose by 45 to 23, uh, asterisk. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's Commander Riker from the, uh, from the enterprise. Doesn't he look like, uh, that's probably before your time. <laughs> so, but yeah. somebody in the comments, please, please comment. That's commander Riker. So uh, anyway, uh, they are not trash. They will be good. They probably be undefeated or have one loss at most when they play Michigan this year. So, but I like Michigan in that game at home. I'm not worried about the Michigan team overlooking Ohio state. I am worried about some of the fans overlooking Ohio state. Not that it matters. Yeah. Obviously. Right. I mean, look, they have a new quarterback coming in, but they also have so much around them. As you mentioned, uh, they did plug some holes through the transfer portal on the offensive line. They got all the skill position guys. They got all those great backs and great quarterbacks. All those um, great you know, backs, great quarterbacks, and great, great defensive players. And okay. like, here's the thing too: Jim Knowles not a great debut against Michigan. Uh, he did improve that defense though before the Michigan game. And I, you know, I was watching something recently on Ohio State, a report out of their spring camp too, where it was like they're they're going to make some tweaks. They're looking at things. I mean, look. It, it, I'm not going to sit here and say they're never going to figure it out. They could. They absolutely could. Um, and it could be a really close game. I think it probably will be. So, obviously, uh, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, hyperbole there. They're not They're yeah. not completely trash. But I just hope they keep it close this year. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, I don't. That's not what he's – trust me, folks. 
we no. sit next to each other out there. He, he will not be saying that. I will not uh, be saying that. Game, no. but, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we'll just, have a, just hoping for just hoping for a good game, Clay. Like yeah, you say, we're just there. We're just rooting for the stories. No, that's what I said coming on the elevator at Ohio State last year. But uh, yes, uh, go blue eighty one. Do you guys think we'll get more sacks this year than last year's team? I just pulled up the stat: Michigan with thirty seven sacks last season, tied for nineteenth in the country. Um, so that is a lot. I'll say this. I, I think that, you know, you lose Mike Morris, but I, I do think his stats were a little inflated, as I've talked about in the past, early on in the season. Had quite mm-hmm. a few there in a few-game stretch. I think they can find more of a pass rush from the front four this season, something they they really okay. – you know, I don't want to say desperately need to do it, but maybe they do desperately need to do it if they want to compete at a national championship type of level. Uh, and I think they will be able to. I trust Jesse Minter, and I think something we're discounting – Maybe not us, but people out there. Yeah, it was, last year was year two of Michigan's defense. But Jesse Minner talked about this spring how much more comfortable he is in his actual year two. He yeah. can make adjustments. You know, he didn't have. You know, he got hired last year in February. Uh, this year, he was immediately able to sit down and figure out. You know, what changes he wants to make. He knows what his personnel is, so that'll be big too. But um, so may, maybe not more than thirty-seven. I mean, I could certainly see it. But yep. I'll, I'll say that it's they'll be more successful getting a pass rush with four protecting the back end of the defense there. Yeah, they won't need to blitz as much. And I think that's the more important thing, Go Blue, is that, you know, because you can get pressure that, you know, might not lead to a sack but leads to a three and out or something like that that's every bit as good as a sack. And I think you're going to see some of that. And I think we saw some of that last year against Ohio State. It didn't show up in the stats, but Chris Jenkins yeah. had two or three plays. There was one underrated play where he was, you know, the, the pass that Mike Sainer still broke up in the end zone, go back and watch it. The reason that that thing was floating was because Chris Jenkins was right there in CJ Stroud's face. Okay. Uh, the reason that Taylor Upshaw got the pick on the third down play on the, was Rayshon Benny uh, holding his, you know what, the, you talk about rush lanes, right? And making sure that when a quarterback moves, he doesn't have that rush lane. Rayshon Benny did his job perfectly. He got there, did not get the sack. But guess what? It was every bit as good, even better, because they got the ball back because he forced that interception. So another huge play, Chris Jenkins got held on, uh, remember yeah. the first and 30 play or whatever it was? Yeah. And uh, he got held on that play. Otherwise, that's a big play, and they're, they're down in Michigan territory. Instead, Michigan's getting the ball back. So all of these things contributed. I think um, – we're going to see more of that this year. I think Rayshon Benny, they said, was one of the most improved players in the spring on the entire defense, maybe the most improved. Uh, and then you look at guys like Derek Moore, who I think is going to be an absolute stud. Uh, and, you know, guys like Ayabioki, you know, he had a few a few games last year where he did well, but he was quiet in a lot of games too. So I think Derek Moore has a chance to be an absolute star if he, you know, continues to progress the way he should. Totally agree. Um we got a couple more here before we get out of here. This one over to basketball from Nadim Ahmed. He's a speaking of basketball. We got any shot at landing Javon Quinterly, the transfer guard from Alabama, former teammate in Namari Burnett, who's now here, but he just entered, nope. uh, entered the portal the other day. Nope. This is one's going to come down to uh, NIL. And I don't think there's any way I think, didn't he have an issue at Arizona? I think he's been at three or four different schools now, if I'm not mistaken. That and, sounds right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but he's, um, yeah, I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be more of an under the radar type of guy or a guy that needs to prove himself a little bit more than that. Sadly, I was really hoping for, um, uh, uh the Kentucky kid, Antonio Reeves. So, um, that would have been huge, but obviously, uh, could not graduate or something happened there. And 
uh, and that's not going to happen. So we'll see, but uh, it won't be him. Two more. This one on hockey. Your odds on Adam Fantilli coming back for one more season. The NHL draft is, I think, Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. Fantilli could go number two. That was kind of the consensus, but now you're seeing some things, maybe three, maybe four, but he'll be right up there. Probably depend on what, what that organization wants him to do, and he'll probably do what they want, obviously. I think um, Anaheim's – is Anaheim number two? Isn't that what they're talking about? I think they have the second pick. Um, right, and if, yeah. And if, and if that's the case, then I think there's a decent chance, a pretty decent chance that he comes back because they are all about the development, and I think there's a good relationship there. So I'd love to see him come back for a second year and play with his brother. And I think part of him really wants to do that. So, But I think if a team drafted him and said, no, we want you to do this, then I think that's something that he would strongly consider obviously yeah. doing. So, But um, let's stay tuned, man. That's going to be a loaded team. It's going to be a fun team to watch. The thing that makes you mad is the Red Wings are drafting ninth. Uh, yeah. And it's Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus, Six. San Jose. So I blame, uh, I game blame Gary Bettman. Yeah. Clown. Just kidding. I don't, not really. <laughs> He's not listening. Who cares? No. Well, uh, last one. And then we will get out of here. Thank you for everybody, uh, joining us. Actually, we might have one more, but we'll, we'll go with this one and then we'll do this, uh, this other more fun one, but go blue 81 again in here says on that note, our defense was great in the second half of games. Do you think that will be the same this year? I don't, I don't think maybe the splits will be the same. That got a little, I got a little crazy. You know, they're, they're tied with Rutgers at halftime, not saying that couldn't happen again um, or or something similar. And then they go out and blow them out in the second half. Um, It kind of worked out that way, but this team was extremely prepared to come out there in the second half. And talking to some of these guys recently too, they almost scoff at all the questions they got about halftime adjustments because a lot of it was them just continuing to play their game too. Right. Uh, and, and that was just a good enough defense that at some point they were going to really buckle down. But, but your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. And uh, there's just so, there's so much talent defensively in that room, a uh, coaching talent. If you look at mentor, you look at clink, you look at uh, Jay Harbaugh is underrated flat out. Uh, Chris Partridge was a coordinator, you know, exactly. uh, um, Mike Elston's an absolute stud. Mike Elston could be a coordinator at just about, you know, at a ton of schools around the country. So, um, and then you've got the analysts, guys like Doug Mallory, you know, uh, Rick Minter. So uh, it just, it blows my mind, the amount of talent and that coaching talent in that room. So it doesn't surprise me at all. And I absolutely go blue 81. I expect that to continue. No doubt. Uh, Here's our last one uh, from the fort. And I did not write down who asked this one, but who is the worst? What is the worst encounter you've ever had with a fan of another team? It's kind uh, of uh, this is funny. Uh, when I was in school um, in Michigan, uh, beat Ohio State again, you know, to, to go to the Rose Bowl. Um, and it was my my first year there. And we were walking down the street and, uh, we, you know, the, the students were all chanting Rose Bowl. I was a student at the time, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. And I had this guy. You know, come up to me, look like your typical Buckeye. You know, he got right in my face, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. And he like was like right, like nose to nose with me. And, and all I said was, oh, you guys probably don't really know what that is, do you? Or something like that. And he was like being held back, like, ooh, you know, this guy's going to come after me. You could smell the the cheap beer on his breath. You know, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, Buckeye's best beer or something like that. And, uh, but uh, really, other than that, uh, a couple of encounters uh, social media wise with, clowns bloggers uh 
that pretending, you know, making up quotes, uh, absolutely uh, insane. There's no accountability anymore. And um, when it comes to things like that, uh, it makes you really question, you know, the motives of people. In fact, one of these guys, uh, the guy who did this, who made up this quote, you know, and uh, what actually went to one of our colleagues 10 years earlier, I found out and sent his wife to get a, an autograph from one, one of our colleagues, you know, in, in the business, you know, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. And it turned out to be a petition to get Jim Leland fired from the Detroit Tigers. And they wanted to get his name on there so they could say that he signed it. So uh, scum of the earth type of people. Uh, this guy in particular is bottom of the barrel. I know who you're talking about, and I completely agree. Yeah. Um, can you tell the – this isn't a fan story, but can you tell the story from the press box in Columbus last year? You tell it. All right, so I didn't see it. So we were a little bit separated. Yes. We had the last two spots, I believe, on the end in one row, and Anthony and I were over in the two spots over here on the left in the other row. But, you know, here's some commotion at one point. So Ohio State, they had a great first half, didn't they? You know, pretty decent. Yeah. So they score. You know, maybe it was the Marvin Harrison. I, I don't remember exactly. You would probably know. Um, yeah. They score a touchdown, and there's a guy behind Chris and John Borton that starts. Actually, three down. Three rows down. Three rows yeah. down. Okay. He yeah. starts cheering a little bit. They're they're all happy. And Chris turns around. He wasn't mad. He's an unbiased journalist, but he just said, hey, some of us are trying to work over here. No, it wasn't that. It was actually he was calling for pass interference. As the game went on okay. and he got more and more frustrated because this guy, he was. He was cheering. And it's like, all right, it gets annoying. You know, it happens at Michigan State a lot. happens at, in Columbus. But this guy's supposed to be working like stats or something like that. And finally – you know, on one play, it was a Rod Moore play where Rod Moore made a great play. And the guy goes, this is bullshit. Do the bleeping flag. And like, finally, I looked at him. I said, hey, man, this is a working press box here. We got some professionals up here trying to do that. Why don't you do that? He goes, and then he kind of, his, his buddy just tightened up. And then he goes, well, why don't you work then? I'm like, I'm trying to. If you just shut your big mouth or something like that. And so uh, that was a, I felt good about that one. So yeah, uh, he didn't, he didn't say make a peep the rest of the way. And then we rode down the elevator with John Cooper, former Ohio state coach. And uh, it, was, it was all fun and games. Clay and I had a nice little moment there on the field afterwards. It was fantastic. So, yep. So anyway, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> In the From our view. So we, we didn't see it necessarily. We we're uh, across the press box. And after the game, Chris is like, comes up to me and Anthony's like, Hey, sorry for almost getting in a fight there. We're like, wait, what? <laughs> It wasn't a fight. That guy yeah. wasn't going to do anything. It was an yeah. exaggeration, but yeah, we had a we had hilarious. a good time there in Columbus. They were they were gracious we hosts for the most part. I would yes, say. they absolutely were. Yeah, they were stunned. That's why you know. So uh, you know, it was fun. I don't have anything quite quite yet, honestly. Um, you know, some things with MSU, some stuff with Ohio State fans. When I used to be a fan, now again, just rooting for stories, but. Um, you know, we'll accumulate some throughout the years, I'm sure. Absolutely. So, uh, I will say, well, there's one when we were in, uh, okay. in Indianapolis. Yeah. In, in Indianapolis, yeah. and uh, we had a couple of Buckeye fans. The Buckeyes rented out all those hotel rooms, and they couldn't get rid of them because they thought they were going to be there a couple of years ago. And uh, Clay's walking down the street with his Michigan hat on, and this mouthy Buckeye starts going off. And, and uh, all Clay did was said, hey, good luck in the Rose Bowl, you know, or something. Like that, so calmly, it made him so, so mad. Calmly. It did. It's like, hey, good luck in the Rose Bowl. You know, it's a nice accomplishment or something like that. <laughs> we were going on. to go, we were going to the cigar lounge. We were on our way to. We absolutely were, and we celebrated uh, our little victory there too, along with the uh, the wait staff at what was the restaurant we went to? St. Elmo's. St. Elmo's. Saint yeah, Elmo's. Uh, saying that 
saying, thank God that Michigan fans are here instead of Ohio State fans. They are cretins and they don't tip well, I believe was the quote. So there you have Great it. Great people at St. Elmo's. Yeah, I think the word animal may have been thrown around to describe it. <laughs> Could have been. You're not kidding. That's the funny part about this. So, but yeah, that was fantastic. There'll be more of that, Clay. You know what? You're just getting started in this business. <laughs> there will be. Hopefully, more yes. trips to Indy Absolutely. coming up. And on that note, too, we are uh, one month and one day from heading down to Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Day. So let's enjoy this Fourth of July. We will be back Thursday, everybody. We'll be off next Monday for our live show, though, on the third of July. So enjoy your Fourth of July weekend. If we don't. See you before then, but we will be back with our show Thursday, and we will see you then. God bless America. That's right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.